Welcome to Revenue Talks. I'm Katie. And I'm Justin. And on this show, we get real about what it takes to build pipeline and successfully scale businesses. By having conversations with folks who have been there before, we explore what it takes to create strong cross-functional alignment, how technology factors in, how different teams think about attribution, and so much more. If you're looking to win in the revenue era, you're in the right place to learn how. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of our new podcast called Revenue Talks. My name is Katie Foote, and I am the CMO here at Drift, and I have the privilege of being joined with a fellow CMO from Quantcast, Ingrid Burton. Ingrid, welcome. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about Quantcast? Yeah, Quantcast has been around for a while, so some of you may have heard about Quantcast, and we're in the ad tech space. So we provide an easy-to-use, high-performance, intelligent audience platform that allows you to serve up advertising throughout the open internet. Well, we are very excited to have you, and I was particularly intrigued by your background. You started your career as a software engineer. And you come to us today wearing the hat of CMO, which I think will provide a very unique experience for our listeners. So again, thank you for being here. Yeah, yeah. So actually, it starts way back when I have a degree in math with a kind of smattering of computer science in there and got hired right out of college as a software engineer, which was not something I ever expected when I was a kid. That was not in the game plan. And now being CMO was also not in the game plan, but kind of an interesting journey for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I find that many of those experiences make you much more well-rounded and great at any job that you choose to pursue. Sure. Yeah, I agree. And life life rarely goes as we think, right? (laughs) We can say that now, right? (laughs) The last couple of years did not go as expected. (laughs) No, I was looking at a billboard the other day that talked about, you know, before I agree to 2022, can I look at the terms, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, today's topic is going to be all about the importance of AI in marketing. So you obviously come with lots of experience and can share it with our listening audience. Let's start with some of the basics, though. Can you unpack for us, what does the phrase artificial intelligence mean to you? The term AI, artificial intelligence, kind of came out of the efforts in the 1950s after World War II, and a lot of research was being done. And I kind of remember who termed it AI, artificial intelligence, but it right away spiked a lot of interest and has been around for quite some time. I mean, it's been about 50 or 60 years that it's been in existence. So artificial intelligence is kind of an umbrella term for augmenting human intelligence. It isn't to replace humans, it's to really augment us. And there's an umbrella term called AI where there's self-driving cars and there's, you know, bots and there's robotics and there's machine learning and there's deep learning and there's image recognition software. There's a lot that goes under it. So it's not just AI taking over the world. It's a term that kind of like encapsulates a lot of different ideas around augmenting our intelligence. That's how I see it. It's really giving us additional tools and techniques to be able to look ahead and to do predictions as an example. Given that it's been around since the 1950s, how do you think the perspective of AI has changed or the perception, how other people feel when they hear that terminology? Well, I can tell you firsthand. So just their perception, if you 
I've been in an Uber, well, a couple of years ago, and he's like, oh, AI is taking over the world. It's going to put me out of business. An Uber driver, right? Yeah. And you're just kind of like, but you know, it's also giving you the ability to solve healthcare challenges like diseases and predict the weather and so forth. And a lot of different really good use cases, giving you better credit, for example, giving students better credit because it's predicting what they're going to do next. So that perception by consumers has been like this big, scary Terminator thing, right? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator, that's AI. We are so far from that. I keep telling everyone that we are so far from that. Like, don't worry about that. They're not taking over the world. We haven't even gotten self-driving cars right yet, right? That's, that's <laughs> a decade away, at least, in my opinion. Too bad. I would really, I, I would <laughs> love a self-driving car. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, think about what you as a human do as a driver, right? You perceive things, you hear things. You don't even know that when you see somebody changing a lane way back there or whatever, you're, there's weather conditions, you know, there's snowstorms that we've had recently, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. A self-driving car could not get through a snowstorm. A human can. And so, yes, it would be lovely to be able to sit in the back seat and read a book while it takes me to where I want to go. But it's got to be a straight line with lines on the road, no weather conditions, no erratic driving by your fellow drivers. I mean, we've got to get to a different place with that. And there's new techniques and there's a lot of companies working on it, but it's still a ways down the road, so to speak. That's why our Uber drivers are so important and will not be replaced. (laughs) That's right. And truck drivers. I was just on Highway 80 in the snowstorm here on the West Coast. And you see these truck drivers, they're navigating this gnarly road going over a huge mountain pass with chains on. There's no self-driving truck out there that's going to be able to do that. Now, going from Reno, Nevada to maybe Salt Lake City, yeah, maybe, but not over a pass in a a blizzard. Let's talk a little bit about one of the, the topics that you focus a lot on in your job, which is this idea of a free and open internet. And I know Quantcast talks about that a lot. What does that mean? It's almost a cause that is a cause, and it's near and dear to my heart in particular. So, you know, when the internet started 20 plus years ago, when we all started like picking up browsers and looking for news and information, we were able to do so roam through the internet freely. Over the years, as you know, somebody has to pay for this internet, somebody, and who's paying for it? All of us, right? We as consumers. So advertising became part of the internet and it had to be funded, right? All this great content that we all took for granted had to be paid for. So now there's this internet, which I believe is becoming bifurcated. So if you want great news sources, editorial news, such as the New York Times or Wall Street Journal or the FT, you subscribe to that. But that's created a world of have and have nots, right? Where I can afford to look at that news source versus I can't because I don't have the whatever dollars per month to subscribe to it. So we'd like to maintain at Quantcast a free and open internet, which means that you, all of us, can get the same level of content see it freely and openly without having to go through a paywall. But that means we do have to pay for it with advertising. And I'm okay with that as long as it's ads that are relevant to me. And I would love to get offers and ads served up to me. 
that matter to me that I'm going to buy from. And I think we're all a little tired of the ads that get served up to us. That's like, why am I getting this? This doesn't mean anything to me. So free and open internet is just that, keeping it free and open. We all realize we are having to pay for it somehow so we can get that relevant content, but I want more relevant ads. I mean, I just think about my own Christmas shopping list. The brands who can offer up personalized targeted advertising to me, I have such an affinity for and add such value in my life. Absolutely. And I'm always waving at Patagonia or or North Face, like, give me an offer, I'll buy, you know, I've got the money for it. And I want that product, right? So those are my, you know, some of my go-to products, outdoor kinds of retailers, that is the ones I want. And instead, I get like, <laughs> dating sites, and yes. not even ones that are, I'm married and happily, and I don't need this dating site serving me an ad. That's a waste of their money and a waste of my time and irritating. It's maybe good for a chuckle once, and then it gets very irritating very quickly. It's very irritating, you know, to look at these ads. I'm like, I'm not interested. There's been such talk about the cookie apocalypse and, <laughs> you know, the future of being able to deliver targeted, personalized, and relevant advertising in a world that's cookie-less. How does your concept of open and free relate to this cookie-less society that we're entering? Yeah, the cookie-less conversation. We call it the cookie-less conundrum, okay. <laughs> which is... How do we get through that, right? And the demise of the third-party cookie is going to happen. And it's going to happen rather fast. Even though it's a year out, it's going to happen. So there's different ways of reaching people. First of all, they can select. They can opt in. That's one way that with unique identifiers where they're showing up on sites and with that unique identifier. But you can also put together a set of data that's anonymized and create cohort groups like I'm an outdoors person. So I'm going to be affinity to outdoors activities. And then advertisers could reach those outdoor people because there's a group, a flock of them, so to speak. But if you take all of that into consideration, you know, there's just different ways. This is where machine learning, one of the, the AI concepts I talked about, machine learning comes into play. So if you have data, it can start to show you the patterns It can start to show you people's preferences and actually make predictions because you take this huge mathematical model, so to speak, with this large amount of data and are able to then say with certainty, with some certainty that this is the type of consumer person that I'm trying to reach right now with this offer. And that's where AI machine learning really does come into play with kind of a big data view as well. You talked on a webinar a couple of years ago about us entering this age of artificial intelligence, and you started to talk a little bit about that just a moment ago. What does that look like? So if the cookie collapses completely in a year, what does this new age of AI look like? For marketing people, it's like you have to invest in AI techniques or look at vendors that use AI, right, in order to ascertain Who's coming to your site? Who wants this? Who's looking? Because AI can sift through. Again, it's augmenting the intelligence that we as marketers already have. We have our gut feel, our intuition, but we need data, right? And so with data, machine learning can then take that, all that data and make sense of it. And then what I tend to think marketers need to do is then look at that with a grain of salt. Look at all the various ways that that data is coming at you and make some decisions based on that, but use AI and machine learning to 
augment what you already think you might know. And then you might be surprised it was something you might not know, but you should investigate. You should really make sure. I always talk about AI, the age of AI, also needs humans in the loop, both on the front end and the back end. Never just rely on an AI directly. Make sure that you understand what the inputs are, where the data came from, is there bias in that data, and make sure that the output as well makes sense. Because if it doesn't, you can go up the really wrong routes pretty quickly. The beauty of marketing is this marriage of art and science. And the machine learning and the AI that you speak of is the science portion of that. Right. I say that all the time too. And having that math degree really helps for me because I'm analytical and also can understand what's going on behind the models. But I don't think it takes a mathematician to figure out what's going on behind the models. You just simply have to know what that model might be creating and what are the inputs to that model. Are you looking at demographic information? Are you looking at contextual information? What are the things that this model is looking at to give you a degree of certainty about who that person is on the other, that anonymous person who might be on the other end? Because you're not tracking them with cookies anymore. So first party data really comes into play if you as a brand marketer have you know, a lot of your own first party data, that's great. You can start to make sense of what's happening on the open internet. In other words, don't be scared of the algorithm, of the inputs. There's lots of ways to simplify. You don't have to be an expert. You have to be a data scientist to employ AI effectively. Yeah. And if you're a marketer and could hire a data scientist for your team, that would be ideal, but not everybody can afford that. So there's a lot of tools out there and a lot of vendors that are using AI embedded. We are. We're using machine learning embedded within our solution, within the Quantcast platform, to give you that degree of certainty of who you might reach. And we're also already doing uh, cookie-less solutions today based on our machine learning algorithms that we have, the models that we're building on first-party data today. So we're finding great results with that. So don't be afraid, but do ask the right questions about understanding and ask the vendor to break it down. What kind of AI are you using? What machine learning algorithms? What are your inputs? Some of them are very basic statistical models. They're not scary. They're just mathematical. And as you alluded to earlier in our conversation, AI is such a broad umbrella that you do have to ask those questions to really understand and inform the right strategy for your business. That's correct. Because you can go down the wrong route don't get tripped up on the terminology. And I do encourage marketers, actually all business people and college students today to kind of take some courseware. And my recommendation, if I can make a plug for them, and I have no affiliation with this organization is Coursera. So Coursera has an AI for everyone course. It's about four weeks, but you could do it in a couple of hours. I think you could do it in a day for sure. And it's taught by Andrew Ng, who is one of the premier AI experts in the world. He's also the founder of Coursera, but he breaks it down into very simple concepts so business people can understand the terminology, understand what it is and what it isn't, what you can measure, and where we are today. So this course came out a couple of years ago, and I still highly recommend it. I mean, what we can understand feels so much more manageable. So that's great. It's a great recommendation. Exactly. Exactly. And that was actually going to be one of my questions for you. Where do you think marketers in particular get it wrong when it comes to AI? Well, I think businesses, not marketers. I think businesses think, oh, if I have AI, you know, the CEOs might be saying, if I got AI, then I, 
you know, I'm going to be that much smarter or I'm going to make better decisions or what have you, but you can't outsource your brain. So to say that it's a panacea or that it, it, you know, it's the big band aid that's going to go find you leads or going to go find you new customers. It's just another tool in your toolbox. It's the way I see it. There's a lot of great technologies out there for MarTech and ad tech stacks. But I would make sure that, you know, a lot of people talk about AI, but not a lot of people are still doing it. So you really want to make sure that they are and that they're not just, you know, we're marketing people. We might gloss over and say, oh, yeah, we use AI. But really, are you or is it a statistical model? So just really check it out. And that's fine, too. But as long as you understand that that's what you're getting. So, yeah, I mean, I think where people get it wrong is thinking it's a Band-Aid and it's not. No, uh, there's no easy fix in life, right? No, there isn't an easy fix. If there was, we'd all be wildly rich and successful and, and our companies would be thriving, but it isn't as simple as that. Is there a resource that you would point listeners to that maybe is a cheat sheet or questions they should be asking to make sure that they're truly investigating or employing AI versus some other solution that sounds like AI or is positioned as AI? What are some of the good questions to ask? So I did a webinar on this many years ago now, it feels like three or four years ago, but I talk to business people, so marketers, financial people, all of that, right? First of all, where's your data? Like I think about five key things. Uh Where's your data coming from? Or do you have first party data? Is it third party data? Do you trust that data? What's in that data? Look at that data. Understand that data set. So make sure that you have your data. That's your first thing. Second thing is you got to ask the right questions. You can't ask an AI to deliver an answer if you're asking a question that's so open-ended and so broad, it can't quite get there. You've got to kind of have a time-bound, metric-bound question. So you've got to ask the right questions. Like in banking, is this person credit worthy? Will they be in one year, two years? You can start to ask those questions. So in marketing, it's like, is this my next best customer or is this my next best customer? Or what might they buy next? There's a set of models that can be created based on past customer patterns to give you an answer and an insight into that. So you kind of got to look at that. So ask the right data, ask the right questions, make sure that you understand the results and that you can explain those results. And there's a whole field called explainable and responsible AI. but that really is looking at, is that model correct? And is it yielding the right results? Is there bias in that model? And bias does happen in models because humans create the models. So you've got to understand that you could have a biased answer that you may not want to see, right? You might be missing a whole segment of people, especially in advertising and marketing that you didn't know you weren't reaching because you might have had bias in your model, excluding a class of people or citizens out there that you did not intend to do. It was an unintended consequence. So those are the key three things that I would really look at, but really understanding from start to finish, it's data, it's what am I using, and how can I explain it? That's so helpful. And I would imagine that by doing that and asking those questions and having that understanding, you can ultimately create a better customer experience and meet buyers where they're at, which is a lot of what you talk about within your organization. How does your business think about personalizing those experiences for customers? So we think about it 
just like every marketing person, is we start with the customer journey, right? Where is that customer? Where are they at in their journey? And thinking about personalizing it is if we see a pattern that seems to match, like for instance, I keep talking about myself, right? Because it's easy. I'm an outdoors <laughs> person. My pattern in the winter is to go skiing, right? So why aren't outdoor advertisers reaching me? They're not personalizing my journey whatsoever. So we have a long ways to go, but we are doing it by looking at that pattern. This group of people has been doing this thing, so they might be doing that because we've seen that pattern before. And that's where data and AI can really come into play because human can't really see all that data. We can't sift through it. There's not enough hours in the day. So using the machine learning to help us get through that is very helpful. Talking about the customer journey, how do you drink your own champagne at Quantcast and make sure that you are able to deliver personalized ads time and time again to further someone on that journey and to deepen engagement? One of the great things about working for an ad tech company is I get to use my own product, right? Yeah. So we've been using our Quantcast platform to serve up our own ads to our constituents, our clients for now about a year. So it's been great. And we actually feed the information back into the product teams and the engineering teams about what's working and not working. So we are personalizing, but based on what we're seeing in terms of this client looks like that client, this is the kind of ad they need to be looking at versus that kind of ad. Now, we also do generalized ads, which is more brand awareness. And we can do that and pick where we want to go. So it's been really interesting from the standpoint of this is the first time I've been CMO at a company that I would use the product as opposed to where I've been before is technology companies where I was building or they were building infrastructure and I'm marketing that infrastructure, so to speak. So it's been interesting to be able to say, I can actually talk about the product and it works and it's delivering great results. I had a similar experience. I spent many years at Salesforce and was unable to use a lot of the great MarTech that exists. And being here at Drift, it's just incredible to have access to your own products and to be able to use that in your marketing efforts. Right. And I'm a big fan of Drift, by the way. Not well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using it for a couple of years and I just love the interface. And you said it another company other than Quantcast, and now we're using it at Quantcast. But the first thing I came in is like, where's our, we need Drift. Yes. Because it definitely delivers. I know you didn't ask me to say this, but we have hot leads coming out of Drift because if they're engaging us on our website in that kind of way, in a way that our visitors want to come engage with us, passing those off to sales has been just tremendous for us, both at my prior company and this company. I could see a direct correlation and say marketing first touch and final sale. So that's fantastic. You guys build a great product. <laughs> I'm a huge fan, obviously. But still being relatively new to Drift, I, I feel like a kid in a candy shop, to your point. Being a marketer and being able to use your own product is really exciting. It's really exciting. And you find out like, I can put myself in another marketer's shoes and say, yes, I mean, we're using this and look at, we can do it quite simply. And here's all the things you're getting. Here's your benefits. Yep, exactly. Is there anything else you would say to marketers on the topic of AI data, bringing it all together and making that art and science work to deliver magic for the consumer? Yeah. So I think I've said it already, but really make sure that your creativity is there. 
and using machine learning AI as a tool to help you achieve your results can be quite astounding, right? You can see some great results and you can measure because it's all mathematical. You can measure your results. So don't ignore AI, I guess it would be my take. And figure out the vendors that you, you know, where's your MarTech stack going? Can you simplify your MarTech stack? Do you have a data science team with, if you're at a large company, you might have a data science team. Get somebody assigned to you. I mean, you can create models that say my next best customer based on your first party data, other data that's available and figure out what's going to happen next. I mean, I think it's an exciting area. Get your digital marketing teams well-versed in it and you can start to see some real growth. That's great. Having used your own product and employed some of these philosophies yourself with your team, have there been any key learnings or what's your journey been like? Well, not everything works the first time. (laughs) If it was so simple, everybody could do it, right? That's another key learning, which is we all tend to make mistakes or we go down the wrong rabbit hole. My big thing is learn fast, fail fast, right? And move on quickly. And we're doing our annual performance reviews right now at our company, as many companies might be doing. But it's like, you know, there was one instance where I should have seen this one coming and I could have failed faster and moved on. But it's that. It's constantly learning and making sure that you're not just using the same old things and the same techniques. There's other ways, right? And there's new techniques that are out there. Not to say that the old techniques of marketing don't work, they actually do, because they're new again. What's old is new again is my other saying. So you learn and you move on and you adjust. And sometimes models aren't accurate, aren't correct. And But realize that. And don't throw the AI out just because it didn't work correctly the first time. You got to try and experiment. Well, I th- you said essentially there's multiple ways to get to the same place. The way I describe it with my team is if this is the islands that we're swimming towards, there's lots of different ways to get there. So it's funny. I talk about here's the mountaintop we're trying to take. And there's multiple <laughs> routes up that mountain. And let me lead you up this mountain. And, and okay, now we got to this mountain. We're going to go to the next one. <laughs> That's the outdoorsy person in you. Yeah. Well, you must be a swimmer. <laughs> I'm a beach person. Okay, there you go. I'm a mountain person. Yeah. So is my husband. We compromise. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will leave our listeners with the one question that we are asking everyone on our podcast on Revenue Talks, which is what's the number one thing here in the new year that your team is focused on to help accelerate revenue at Quantcast? I was going to say we're focused on revenue. (laughs) Did I I mention revenue? Because I thought you were going to say, what's the one word that you're focused on? You know, as a marketer, I'm here to help sell, sell. And I need to make sure that they are successful. I challenge my marketing teams right now. If it's not shifting the needle on awareness, Mm -hmm. and if it's not resulting in a revenue goal or helping drive revenue or touch pipeline, ask yourself why you're doing it all the time. And if it's not helping a customer be successful, I mean, it's like these three things. If it isn't doing any one of those three things, kill it. Stop doing it. It's not going to help any outcome because at the end of the day, what are we all here for? We're all here to make our businesses grow and thrive and deliver the results that we need because otherwise we're not going to get paid and the company won't be successful. So we are very focused on revenue. 
I want to be focused on customers and their pain points and solving those in pursuit of revenue. Yeah, yeah. Well, and revenue and pipeline are the rising tide that lift all boats within an organization. And I think marketing has a really unique opportunity to be the connective tissue to help in that endeavor, to bring everyone together. That's absolutely correct. That's how we see it is like we are, I don't want to say the glue, (laughs) but we stitch together the story between the technology side of the house to the commercial side of the house and help them be successful. Because when they're successful, like you said, we're all successful. And then everyone's in a good mood, which makes it great, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the importance of AI and marketing to bring your unique perspective and background. We just so appreciate it and are excited to have kicked off our podcast with you as our special guest. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Have a great 2022. You too. Thank you so much for listening to Revenue Talks. We'd love it if you left a review wherever you're listening and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode. You can connect with us both on Twitter at KDJFoot with an E and at Justin Keller. And remember, revenue, it's everyone's business now. Revenue.